Welcome to the Belts, Bumps, and Barbed Wire podcast. This podcast is presented by DMV Wrestling at DMVProWrestling.com. Hi, this is Jeff Quentin. Welcome to Belts, Bumps, and Barbed Wire, the podcast affiliated with www.dmvprowrestling.com. Our guest today is Red Dog, and we're going to talk to him about his wrestling career, about podcasting, and about some other topics as well, whatever may come up. First, I just want to have you introduce yourself and tell us about your history in pro wrestling. Yeah, well, you know, I am the Air Force veteran intel specialist, the one you call on when you need to get the job done, and your friendly neighborhood red dog. That's right, the D-I-C-K of this industry, the dog in charge, kid. So you really need to get your mind out the gutter. Uh, let's get it into it, right? So, uh, I've, I'm now just in my third year, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I tell people all the time, it's like, you know, I'm very, I'm, I'm older in the game, but I'm still young in the tooth, if that makes sense. Uh, and the reason why is just, I've, I've had a lot of life experience, uh, prior to me even just wanting to become, uh, getting into this business. I was former military, uh, six years active duty Air Force, and then, uh, when I got out to Air Force, like all I wanted to do was uh, work to become a pro wrestler. So I had a lot of things I had to kind of go through, a lot of hoops I had to dive through to get myself all set up. And finally, uh, like three years ago, you know, right before uh, the pandemic hit, I decided I was like, this is the time. So I made the leap and jumped into this full force, got stopped by the pandemic for a couple weeks or a couple months. And then, uh, yeah, then I jumped jumped right over and said, let's get it. And I know I've seen the answer to this next question, but, and my daughter found it really amusing and I just wanted to, to, to bring it up now. How did you get the name Red Dog? <laughs> so it, it's very anticlimactic. I feel like a lot of people, uh, once they hear it, they're like, Oh really? And, or I get like one of two reactions. One is like the, Oh really? And the other ones are like, wow, I never thought about that. But my first name's Clifford. Uh, it, that is my shoot name. Uh, and a lot of people get thrown off all the time because they feel like there's like some deeper meaning to the name Red Dog. I'm like, no, no, no. It's just that my name is Clifford, like Clifford Big Red Dog. And that's how I put it all together. So I used to get made fun of that, about it all through like elementary school and was being bullied, uh, and then going into junior high, high school. Um, and about my junior year, I decided it's time to like take back what is rightfully mine. And I said, this big name is going to run with me wherever I go. And I, Stitch it on the back of my practice jersey in football, and from then on, I was like, "This is, this is what I'm gonna do. This is who I am. This is what I want to be. And if anybody's got a problem with it, that's on them, not me." And so I kind of took back the power of you know kids being able to just make fun of me and be like, "Come here, boy," <laughs> and like do little whistle things. I decided it was it was my time to to run wild with it, and I did. And the way I changed it over to the DAWG was one day I was watching college football and I saw Georgia. And it had this big ass sign that said "Go Dogs," and I was like, "Yo, I really like that." So I changed the spelling of my name from R E D D O G G to R E D D A W G. And my mom would appreciate that. She went to Georgia. <laughs> well, you can tell her "Go Dog." You know, me personally, like I'm a Husker fan at heart. Like, I'm like "Go Dogs," because that's you know they're the inspiration behind it. When you were spending your time in the military, when you were a kid playing football, before you actually got to the point that you were getting in the wrestling business, what wrestlers influenced you to want to get into wrestling? There's been a few and a, and, and a bunch have changed over time. But when I first got into it, like when I first got into wrestling as a kid, uh, Sting, Rey Mysterio, Chris Jericho, Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, 
uh, all those guys were just so much fun to watch. And then watching people like Lex Luger, watching people like Randy Savage, watching people like Hulk Hogan back in the day when, you know, and I, I'm one of those that I grew up right into like the prime of everything, uh, like WCW and WWF before it became WWE. Um, so I used to watch, you know, both sides. So I watched Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. I watched, you know, guys like the Patriot or Steve Blackman, Ken Shamrock. Like I love watching just wrestling, but guys who like specifically influenced me and wanted me or made me want to get into business was guys like Sting, Jericho and uh, Rey Mysterio. What current wrestler have you enjoyed working with the most? Wow. <laughs> there's been a few. It can be more than one. Yeah. I was like, there's been a few. Uh, Sicken is obviously one of one of my favorites that I get to work with. Uh, I know a lot of people see matches with me. Uh, two that I, I don't think a lot of people have got to see those, these matches yet. They're on my YouTube page if you guys ever want to go just check it out. But I got to work TJ Sykes, the Red Prince himself. Um, and I got to work him on two different occasions. And both times, like, the matches were just, to me, I felt like the matches were just, like, phenomenal, right? And they may not have been because, like, you know, I, I don't know, but... Uh, to me, I just felt like the matches hit on all sorts of cylinders. And another person I got to work uh, was Andino. Um, and working him twice, uh, once at, a, at HWF and the other time we got to, got to, wrestle, we got to work at a, a Lucha Libre Promotions um, in Washington, D.C. And both those matches were a lot of fun as well. So I had a blast being able to work with Andino. And if I had to pick one more match, right, uh, one more person, uh, it's a person that guided me a lot through my my wrestling journey, and his name is Beastman. Uh, getting to work, Wes was amazing, and he actually helped me out so much. But we got to tear it up uh, a couple different times, and uh, maybe one time I'll be able to get a dub on him. But you know, for right now, I just got two L's. Would he be your dream match, or is there somebody bigger that would be your fantasy match? Ray Mysterio, hands down, is my fantasy match. Like, uh, if if I get to work Ray one time, I think I would just be done. I would be done in the business. Uh, and it's crazy because, like, you know, there's a lot of people out there, but I've been watching Ray Mysterio since 1995. Like, I I feel like that one just kind of dates me, but I have been watching him for so long, and so to watch him, you know, back in 2006 win the Royal Rumble and then win. Uh, the title at WrestleMania, and then went in again, only to lose it later in the night to John John Cena, and to watch him just recently get inducted to the Hall of Fame. Like, as the the kid inside me, like, and this is gonna be like something where a lot of people are gonna see behind. But the kid inside me turned joyous. Like, I was so overwhelmed with like emotion. Like, I was in uh, I was in tears when they announced that he was gonna be inducted. I was in tears when he was giving his Hall of Fame speech. I was in tears when he had his first run with uh, the heavyweight title after WrestleMania. So to watch Rey Mysterio be able to do the things that he did, yeah, that would be the ultimate honor is to be able to get to work him. What do you think of the story right now with Rey and Dominic? I love it. I love it so much. It was so cool uh, back in 2000, it was like 2004, 2005, when Dominic kind of like emerged, as obviously with like Rey's being son and watching him kind of grow up. And then, like, seeing him behind the scenes, like, put in work and, like, get stronger and get taller, right? And I was just like, wow, like, this kid's going to go somewhere. And then, you know, he debuts. And then you see him that whole, man, that whole time when he got his ass kicked by Seth Rollins uh, with the kendo stick. Like, I'll never forget that picture because that was just brutal. But then, like, to see him grow into, like, hey, I'm my dad's kid. This is who I am, blah, 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 blah. I'm the ultimate babyface. And once he turned, I was like – 
this is where it's going to get better. And so to see him working as a heel right now, it's cool. I really enjoy like his work right now. And even just like this past SmackDown where like he was just getting booze rained on him left and right. He couldn't even speak because uh, he was getting booed so much. I was so happy for him because I was like, you know what? Like this is this is everything that any good heel would want. And he gets all the booze and like they just they drown him out. And that's awesome. Uh, so right now, like the work that he's putting in with Ray, I'm, I'm, I'm super happy for him and I'm super happy with the storyline, the way it's going. Now that's, what is your most embarrassing moment in wrestling? Oh man, I, I don't know. I have a couple of them. <laughs> there are times where like, because I'm still young in this business and I'm still learning. There are times where I legitimately forget things and I just kind of like stare awkwardly at somebody and it's happened a couple times, so that does get kind of embarrassing. But I haven't like for you know, you know, knock on wood, I haven't had any like wardrobe malfunctions or anything like that yet. So I guess I'm pretty safe with that. But yeah, most times like I'll have these moments where I'm just kinda like staring awkwardly at somebody and I just know I'm supposed to do something. I'm like, Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you a couple of previous guests. Basically, Phil Stamper had new ring gear when he started wrestling, and he took a slide and went under the ring. <laughs> Sean Hardy got locked out of a hotel room when he was on the road with nothing but a towel. It had to go to go down to the lobby full of tourists and other people to, to try to figure out how to get back into his room. I think he had a towel. He may not have even had a towel, but... <laughs> I have, I'm fortunate enough to not have that happen yet. <laughs> what moment are you the proudest of in your wrestling career? I think just debuting. I think uh, and, and debuting in front of like a live crowd. Uh, it's it's crazy because like it takes a lot of like a lot of guts to do what we do like in the business. And I only mean that in the sense that like anybody can say that they want to be a pro wrestler. Anybody can say they want to do something right, but to kind of follow through and keep working and getting there. It's, it's, it's different. And I know that, um, recently, like I was, I was meeting with one of my mentors and he asked me, he's like, what do you want to do now that you're in this business? I was like, I don't know. I just wanted to see if I could hang and bang. And he was just like, cool. Well, we're here now and you're doing it. So now you got to think of another goal. And I was like, that's, yeah, that's really true. Like I have to think of bigger goals and stuff like that. So I think just getting in here and, you know, getting myself in the best shape that I can currently and keep pushing like it, that's that's pretty much like all I can do. It's like to show to show my little one like, hey, like if you really want something, you have to go work for it and you got to push for it. So, you know, now I step into the ring every single time. Like I'm very appreciative of just the opportunity of just being there. Now I want to ask you about podcasting because you're involved in a couple of podcasts, hosting and co-hosting. Could you first mention the two podcasts you're involved in? Yeah, so it's actually one big podcast, but it's two different shows. So it's called the Three Count Podcast. We have two shows. It's called Chaz and Friends, which you can find every Sunday live uh, as a debate show, unless it's like a you know holiday. Then obviously we're not going to be on. Whether it's like Easter, or Mother's Day, whatever, right? We're not going to be on. We won't have shows that day. And then our other show that we have is called Now Enter the Ring. So I'm very proud of Now Enter the Ring, as much as I am proud of Chaz and Friends, because I do love our debate show. But Now Enter the Ring was kind of my baby. It was something that um, we started up in May of 2020. Uh, and the reason why we started up the show, obviously, as I mentioned, 2020, there was COVID, right? So everything got shut down and we tried to figure out a way to get more content out to 
our listeners. And so what we started doing was recording episodes and then like just putting episodes out episode after episode after episode. Um, and we built it up. So, you know, right now, like in the can, uh, just waiting to be released, we have like 319 episodes. So I'm very proud of that because we've had a lot of incredible guests, right? Whether it was Shane Taylor Promotions or TJP or you've seen Shaw Guerrero on our show, Killian McMurphy, Phil Stamper has been on our show, you know, a couple different times. Uh, we've brought on a whole range of guests and been able to talk to them. And just recently, we even launched off a second uh, kind of spinoff. We launched off two spinoff shows, one of them called Now Entering 201, where we brought you know guests that we had like really good relationships with or great connections with during our interviews. We brought them back to do a little bit more in-depth diving into like the wrestling scene. And then we did a, we just started up a show called the Three Count Podcast Quick Cuts, where we go to different shows, we grab a couple guys, we are you know a couple wrestlers, female or male, and we just talk to them. And the first guest that we were able to get was actually Billy Starks. So you know one of the hottest names on indies right now. She was our first guest that we were able to bring on the show. And then from there we had the Tar Dynasty. We've also released out interviews with Lady Frost and Rico Hendricks. So like the names are kind of building up just based on where we are and how we're able to work it. But yes, it's it's very something I'm very proud of is that is how far the podcast has come. We started the whole thing, I remember, off of Skype and we went to Zoom, then we came to StreamYard, and now you can find us on YouTube, you can find us on Facebook, you can even find us on uh, Spotify, and all the videos, they're all video formats, except for maybe the first couple of years because I don't think Spotify had that ability just yet. But once uh, they let us know that we could actually put our videos for our podcast up on video form. Uh, that's what we did. So you can catch all of uh, all of our content up on Spotify and YouTube and and uh, you know Facebook. Okay, my next question is still podcast related. Since you've been doing this 319 episodes worth, as you just said, what do you think makes a good wrestling podcast? I think it's just being genuine. I think that's the the, the number one thing, right? Like the one thing that a lot of people um have issues with when it comes to podcasting is they all want to ask like the same kind of questions right how did you like it, it doesn't even matter like what podcast it is when it's an interviewing podcast it's always the same questions right like uh where did what did you do how did you get here what do you think of this what do you think of that what's this and the idea of like a good podcast is that you want to feel like you're in a conversation with somebody right i i i get inspiration from chris van vliet and joe rogan right and i know depending on where you are, depending on who you are, right? Joe Rogan's kind of a taboo name, I know. But the thing is, is that he has these great long conversations with people. And that's just what it is. It's a conversation. And you feel like you're in the room with that person as they're having that conversation. So you, you want to be a part of that conversation. You know, I, I'll be real. When I listen to the Chris Van Vliet show or, I, or uh, Insights or I go and listen to uh, the Joe Rogan experience, like, I will find myself having conversations with those guys knowing that they can't hear me, but I, I feel genuinely like I'm a part of the conversation. So I strive really hard uh, in my podcast to have those conversations with guys and draw that out of them. Because, one, I'm, I am I am who I am. Whether you meet me uh, behind the scenes or you meet me, like, out in public, right, it doesn't really change. Like, that's not who I am unless I'm in the wrestling ring, then that character is a whole different character. But when you come and talk to me, like I present myself the same way, you know, regardless. And so when you get to talk to me on a podcast, it doesn't really change. It's just me having fun and wanting you to like express yourself and talk to you about things that you've kind of gone through and just like learn and interpret and then try to, you know, 
reflect like on how you know your experiences can help me be better in the ring I'll, I'll tell you one interview format that i like when he does it i'm really not a fan of the classic howard stern where he's just crude and vile and everything i listen to that to a certain point but i like when stern does his interviews with people like the one he did with bruce springsteen that ended up on hbo recently yeah, it's one of those things. Again, it goes back to just having a genuine conversation and just making people feel comfortable to have those conversations with you. And if you're not, if you're going to be kind of like snarky and stuff like that and act like you know everything, or you're asking like really just the bland questions, you're not coming up with anything original, like people don't want to be a part of that. And I think one thing that kind of separates my show from like a lot of other people's shows is like I like to ask questions that are just ridiculous, right? So, you know, a, a question I'll, and I'll share it here because I asked pretty much seven or eight of the same questions, right? But one of the questions I like to ask is, what's the worst bump you've taken? And I get a different answer every single time that I, I talk about it. And we're talking about over 300 episodes, and I have not had an answer repeat once. And that's that's a testament to, like, learning about people's experiences. And another question that, you know, you can ask those questions, those challenging questions where people are going to come to you with, like, a real answer. And it's 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 fun. And sometimes you may not get all the, you may not get a lot of content out of some kind of some interviews and that's fine. But for the majority of them, you know, as long as you're having that genuine conversation, people are going to want to open up and talk about themselves. So what is the worst bump you've ever taken? Uh, <laughs> I've been fortunate that I haven't taken any really bad bumps yet. I think the, the biggest bump I've taken, uh, was actually recently, uh, I took a, a, a book in from, uh, and Dino and it was a night that my friends were in the crowd so I wanted to go over the top with them and I did and I ended up like straining some muscles in my back so it was like pretty rough to go like to the gym and try to lift because like I had jumped so high and slammed so hard on the ground that like yeah I, I knew it too the moment I hit I felt everything kind of pull and I was like oh and I I rattled myself a little bit the good thing was is I was keeping my chin tucked, but I could feel like everything inside my body was just like, yeah, we shouldn't jump that high again. Back more to podcasting. You named Joe Rogan and Chris Van Vliet. What other podcast wrestling and otherwise do you listen to regularly? Uh, so one of my other favorite podcasts I like to listen to is uh, it's I got to look it back up because it's been a little bit since I've checked it out. But um. I was listening to one. It's actually like a true crime one. And that's actually been a lot of fun to listen to. Uh, and the reason why is because uh, it helps with the innocence projects, which is definitely like massive to me about, especially uh, when we get to hear people talk about um, like their stories and like why, you know, they should be found innocent. Right. So if you guys are wondering, the podcast is called the wrongful, uh, wrongful convictions podcast is definitely one of my favorites. And then uh, I like to listen to oral sessions. Again, it goes back to that, whole open up have a full conversation with people and uh it's it's really interesting to hear uh renee talk about you know just life with people and just like be open about it so yeah those would be my two big ones outside of mine and the joe rogan experience and even uh you know insights let's get to some questions that are non-wrestling related now what's your favorite food my favorite food is enchiladas tell everybody it doesn't matter the flavor like as long as it doesn't have pickles onions or not onions, uh, pickles, coconut, or, you know, like some other unnecessary thing like anchovies. Like I, it's going to be delicious. And what is your favorite drink? Uh, alcohol or not alcohol? Either. 
Or both. Okay. Uh, Alcohol-wise, is definitely uh, Terramana Tequila right now. So, yeah, I'm, like, out here supporting The Rock. Uh, there's your free plug. Uh, Dwayne, next time it's going to cost you. And uh, after that, it's pretty much, like, a who's who's list of things I like to drink. Uh, when I'm not sponsored by them, but uh, shout out to Monster for coming out with a Red Dog uh, Hydro flavor. I I don't know how they came up with the name, but it's definitely spelled the same way that I spell my name. And then uh, Monster Spark currently because I'm a big uh, fan of like raspberry lemonade flavors. I don't know why, but uh, yeah, so those would be my two outside of that. And your favorite band or musical group? There is a ton. I'm a I'm a music junkie. I couldn't even I can't front. Uh, I was just like earlier today. I was listening to Public Enemy, uh, and then when I'm in the gym, it's usually like a mix of like Outkast and uh, you know Megadeth or Pantera, or even if I wanted to be like more relaxed, I'll listen to things like I don't know. Garth Brooks, Clint Black. Uh, so it's a mix of a lot of different music, so I can't really pick one. But currently, uh, the Creed 3 soundtrack is like massively like in my in my playlist and has been playing a lot. Uh, and I've in fact that whole album is just so good by Dreamville. So if anybody hasn't checked it out yet, please go check out the Creed 3 soundtrack because it's really good from top to bottom. And your favorite vacation spot? Hawaii, hands down. Uh, I lived there for for five and a half years. It was a, a great time to live on the island of Oahu. Anytime that I get to show love to the island is definitely necessary, especially with all the stuff that's going on the island right now that people aren't talking about. Uh, but I definitely want to throw a whole bunch of love out to the islands because the islands gave me nothing but love and showed me uh, a, a, all the best things that came out of there. Uh, for me, came from the islands, so I definitely want to continue to show my love and support to the islands of Hawaii. Were you at Kenia? No, I was on a, I was in a Joint Pearl Harbor. Yeah, over on Hickam. Okay, and what was the last book you read? Uh, so currently, I'm still actually reading a book, <laughs> uh, and it's it's actually the essentials of strength and conditioning. Uh, one thing that I think a lot of people don't know is that I'm. I am a personal trainer, but I am actually working to become a strength and conditioning coach. And so I'm currently like reading my strength and conditioning book to go work for my certification. Now, if you want to talk about stuff that's for leisure, uh, yeah, I think the last book I read was probably like Breaking Dawn, like the Twilight series book. And that was like years ago. (laughs) We talked about your debut was your proudest moment. Do you remember much about that match and who the match was against and what happened? Yeah, so it was at C3W. Um, It was a taped show. Uh, It was against Big Trouble Ben Bishop. And it was pretty much like a glorified squash match. So I actually jumped uh, Big Trouble Ben Bishop. And then from there, like, I just worked his leg and just tried to, like, continue to, like, beat him down only to be unsuccessful in my debut at C3W. But yeah, that's that was my debut. That was my first match. And actually, I think it's on my YouTube page. So if you guys want to go check that out, you guys definitely can. I can give you guys the links at the end of the show. Yeah, I'll give you a chance to run down all your personal socials at the end. And any events you have, you have coming up. So what did you want to be besides? Did you always want to be a wrestler when you grew up when you were a kid? Or was there something else that you wanted to be? You know, in my life, like, I had, like, a lot of different aspirations of things I wanted to be. When when I was, like, young, young, I wanted to be a professional football player. 
Uh, and I wanted to be a professional basketball player, and I just never stopped growing past five nine. So I realized that that dream was dead. Uh, then I was an amateur wrestler, and I thought that maybe I could have what it takes to, you know, make it to college and possibly further getting into like the Olympics. That never happened. Uh, but I kept working and pushing for it. Uh, after that, after like high school, uh, I thought I might just fall into music and work in a musical field, uh, regardless of what it was, whether it was hip hop or uh, just whatever, just any kind of any, any mark in there. Uh, that didn't work out. Uh, so I just wanted to keep working towards something else. And yeah, it's, everything's changed from time to time. Like at one point when I was in the military, I was training to be an MMA fighter. Uh, that didn't that didn't pan out. And it wasn't because I didn't like getting hit. It was just that my job required me to be 12 on, 12 off all the time. So I never got the chance to actually go train. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just everything kind of kept shifting over. And the first job I actually applied for when I got out of the military, uh, I was actually working for a company. Uh, we won't talk about their name, but if you guys go to the, you know, if you guys are aware of the New England Patriots and who sponsors the stadium, there you go. But anyway, uh, I got released from my contract, and when I got released from my contract from that company, uh, the first job I actually applied for was to be a writer for the WWE. So I kind of knew from that point, like I wanted to find a way to get into the business. And I, I guess for me, like the only real regret I kind of had was I kind of wish I would have made the jump into pro wrestling sooner, but it just, it just didn't, it just wasn't working out for me for whatever reason. And currently, though, I'm kind of glad that I also got in when I did because. I don't know if I would be where I am uh, mentally because I was having so many issues uh, with PTSD and anxiety. I don't know if I would be where I am now. So I'm glad that I was able to get in now when I'm, a, and it sounds weird. I'm a little older, but I kind of, I'm just happy being where I'm at now. But yeah, getting into the product scene uh, after I realized that's kind of where I wanted to be, I was like, I, I, this is where, this is where I belong. So what advice would you give to a young man or woman who wanted to get into wrestling? Uh, be ready. And and I say this in a sense of do some research, right? Make sure this is exactly what you want to do. Um, and then get ready, right? And I say that with learn. Uh, there's tons and tons and tons of material out there to help you get started about learning how to, you know, listen for words, listen for calls, start using some memorization work, right? Because there's going to be a lot of stuff thrown at you right away. I would also tell you find a credible school. Find somebody that you you know, can help get you to a level and then look for people who can get you to the next level, right? Sometimes the the person that you're running into or the person that you're talking to, uh, they have never been to where you want to get to. They might not even have, they might have connections to get you there, but you're going to have to really learn how to network in this business. So I think for me, the big, big things is get yourself ready to get into the business, get in shape, right? Um, start thinking about character work that well, who you want to be when you when you're in the business, and then from there, uh, look to network. So those are my big threes. Learn to network because network is in, is is huge. And you said you were applied to be a writer at WWE, which I actually did a few years ago before I was doing anything with my website or podcast. It was just I'd been working in PR, and it was just why not? And I just wondered if you had any advice for anyone older who was trying to get into the business, either as a wrestler or in to behind the scenes role of what they should do. So if you're looking to get behind the scenes, it's always like one of my one of my things I think is start a podcast, right? Stop start some kind of like source that you can start practicing like how you want to get whatever it is you want to get across. So if you want to be a manager and you want to be able to speak and talk, 
get behind a microphone and learn how to speak and talk behind a microphone. It's very different from being like, oh, I can have a simple conversation. No, not really. Microphones are 100% different when you're when you're talking in front of a live crowd. So you're going to have to learn how to adapt on the fly. And these kind of conversations, doing podcasts, interviews, they help tremendously because they keep things loose and fun and they keep it on the fly. So that way you're always able to react. Uh, if you're looking to be an interviewer, right, find a camera, find Get yourself, whether it's your cell phone or it's, your, it's some like some way of being able to record yourself and practice, right? You can also do this in front of the mirror. Like talk to the mirror as if you want to talk so you can work on your facials and how you want to deliver uh, your your interview questions, right? It's There's a, there's always things that you can do. If you're just trying to get in to help out with a, a promotion, just show up. Just show up to the promotion and ask them what you can do. And they're usually going to have something, whether it's setting up the ring, setting up the chairs, learning how to run the music, run the lights, whatever. Just go find, just go ask questions. And then just, you know, a, a promoter or a booker is going to help put you in the right direction of what you're trying to get accomplished. Okay. And I'd like you to promote any upcoming wrestling card that you're a part of that you know about already. Well, let's talk about what's going on. So actually, just today, right, it got announced that on uh april 29th i'm gonna be at uh ewa uh for the brats and burger uh brats beers and burgers fest so you guys will be able to catch me there it's gonna be in uh i think it's just outside of dundalk if i remember right yeah it's in dundalk at key brewing yeah they've had that event before and i thought about going i might try to go this time especially if you're gonna be there yeah so it's gonna be myself and rico hendrix teaming up against uh, Jason Drake and Jesse O'Reilly. So for those who know, you know. Uh, so uh, 1CW, uh, I'm actually going to be there this weekend. So on the 15th, you can catch me there. You can catch me on the 22nd, actually back in Harrington, Delaware. So I'll be out in that way. Um, and then from there, it's just like a who's who's list of things that's got going on. So uh, going to be at Port of Voltage, uh, May 12th. I'm going to be at EWA again on the 13th. You can catch me at 1CW on the 20th of May. Uh, and then you can also catch me at Kings and Queens on the 26th. And back at Voltage on the 2nd. And uh, Voltage on the 9th of June. As well as SWA on the 10th. And then that's actually my last booking for a while. Because, surprise, surprise, there's things that are going to be changing. You know, just like the wrestling business does. Run down your personal social media account. I said, you can find me on all your favorite social media platforms, whether that's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. You can find me on, jeez, uh, I'm trying to think of Hive, right, uh, PlayStation. It's all uh, the underscore Red Dog 85. And if you type in Red Dog 85 on YouTube, you can also find my YouTube channel there, too. You guys can follow the Three Count Podcast uh, at Three Count Podcast or Three Count Podcast Streams. You guys can find all of our stuff on IG, TikTok at Three Count Pod and on Twitter at Three Count underscore pod. So we have pro wrestling tees. So if you guys go on pro wrestling tees, type in the three count podcast, type in red dog. You'll find all of our stuff there. You can find all the merch. If you go to foryourwear.com, you can actually find pure ignorance, which is Chaz, uh, the Don, Chaz Evans, as well as Prince Machiavelli and Noah Idol. Their store is actually there. Uh, the reason I bring them up is because Chaz is the other half of the three count podcast. And then you can also find red dog stuff on for your wear as well. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's all my stuff that you can find me at. You really need to be listening to the podcasts if you're you and Chaz are on there. I've seen Chaz wrestle a couple of times, and we've gone back and forth on Twitter a few times in a friendly manner. So, yeah, Chaz is one of those guys that, uh, like you know, a lot of people know us from like 
as if you watch us on Twitter, the way we interact, you know, Ignite Dogs is definitely something that we have going on. But outside of that, uh, on the podcast, like him and I, we just have we just have fun bantering back and forth about wrestling. So if you guys ever want to catch us talking about it, it's it's all right there. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and him and him and I go toe to toe all the time. Um, and we usually one of us usually gets frustrated. Uh, I've watched Chaz walk off numerous times. I've walked off a couple times of the show because we were so upset with each other. Uh, but yeah, it's all in love at the end of the day. So I definitely appreciate having someone like him, uh, you know, in, in, on the scene, right? It was his idea to start up the three count podcast. I was actually working at another podcast, fun fact. Um, and I ended up leaving that podcast just to go work with Chaz because him and I like hit it off so well uh, in our first uh, premiere episode. And so I was like, yeah, this is going to be everything we want and more. And it's turned out to be everything I've wanted. That's, that sounds great. And thanks for being with us tonight. And we'll look forward to seeing what you're up to in the future. No doubt. Thanks for having me on. I want to thank Red Dog for being on the podcast today. I also want to thank you, the listener, for listening to us. And also I'd like to ask you to join us on DMVProWrestling.com to get the latest news every day on pro wrestling in the DMV region and beyond. Our executive producer is Scott English. Our production assistant is Josie Quentin. And I'm your host, Jeff Quentin. Thanks and have a great week.